Let's go, camera. 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 Camera is really neat. Camera is filled with meat. We've been eating camera. of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are your hosts, Jessica, and I am Chris Heaton. Oh, Jessica. Yes. Oh, what a week. What a week it has been. Yes, it has been so, so, so awesome. <laughs> if uh, you've been living under a rock with your fingers in your ears and your eyes closed, then you do not know of all the wonderful news we've been bombarded with, much like the uh, the radiation from the sun hits the earth, we have been hit with so much kaiju news, Jessica. It's been it's it's. I'm giddy. I'm giddy as a small child. Uh, yep, 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 yep. I'm very, very excited to talk about tonight. Yeah. So we got we got a lot. Oh god, we got so much to talk about. Um, real quick though, Jessica, I have to ask. Star yes. Wars, Star Wars trailer dropped. What'd you think? You know, I really liked it, mm-hmm. but I don't know whether it was overhyped on the internet because I did not watch it the moment it debuted. I think I, I had some things I had to do at home, and so I actually did not watch it till almost like several hours later. I would say like four or five hours later mm-hmm. since it debuted. I was also expecting something completely different. I don't know what I was expecting, to be honest. Um, and then I saw it, and I was like, no, this is really cool. But it wasn't, like, the epicness that I thought it would be. But it was pretty dope. It was especially to hear John Williams score again. Mm-hmm. But I suspect there's a difference with for me seeing it on a laptop screen yeah. or a large monitor and then actually seeing it in theaters. Like, with the surround sound and the music, and you're sitting in, like, a stadium seating, and you're surrounded by other people in a movie theater. I think that really hits you really differently. Mm. And I'm pretty sure I'll tear up then. (laughs) I did not tear up this time. I actually spent most of the time trying to figure out whether I'm going to like BB-8. Because (laughs) I watched an 11-second... Because BB-8 is all the rage. Yes. And then I watched the 11-second teaser, like, Mm. earlier today. And then it did not make the pitch and sounds I thought it would. Yes. I don't know why. Like, I guess in my mind it's a different sound, or maybe I'm just used to R2. Mm-hmm. And it just sounded a little bit, like, annoying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, is this Jar Jar in robo form? In droid form? Well, and then <laughs> I, I realized there's not, there's not enough seconds. Like, the trailer wasn't long enough for me to judge. Yeah. So it was one of those moments that instead of really kind of you know, I enjoy the trailer a lot, but I was really scrutinizing, like, where is little BB-8? What is it going to sound like? Shocking. Um, and then shocking didn't the, really. Shocking that the petite Asian girl is looking for the most adorable thing that's going to be in the movie. 
Yeah, that and like the all all the like diminutive little you know like characters, and I'm really really interested, especially with the scavenger. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. I think Star Wars is great because it's got something for everyone. People who like aliens or transports, like you know planes, ships, all that stuff. People who like characters. People who like I don't know just cu- the culture or the nature of it. I mm-hmm. think it has a little bit of everything for it's, some people. Some people just love the vehicles. It's an event. It is one of those things that comes around like a blue moon, but we're going to get uh, six of them over the next six years, so strap in. Um, part of the thing is, and I'm so glad they went like this, they have not told you, literally, they've not told you dick about this movie. Like, no, because the thing is, the first thing I did notice is the Luke is not on one of those posters. Nope. I mean, we we saw Luke's hand, mm-hmm. you know, in the teaser when he touches R two D 2s little domey, domey head, mm-hmm. and then we don't really see Luke here. No. So I'm just kind of like, I hope he's like, I know he'll be maybe a minor but integral part. You know, maybe he might end up more like an Obi Wan, maybe like a Yoda, or mm-hmm. maybe just himself. But I was kind of, I'm hoping he's like the ringer, like. You know, the really, like, badass dude. But I was just surprised that he wasn't there. But I think they're saving him yeah, for, like, a reveal or something like that. I'm yeah. not so sure yeah, been very, how they would do it. Yeah, because he's been, Hamill's been sporting that beard. So he's been very, he's been obi wan it up. And then um, they start filming episode eight, I think, next month. So Yeah, yeah, November in, like, Italy or somewhere? Yeah, I don't know, in, so, uh, in uh, Ireland, where they shot... Oh, Ireland, I, I Ireland, guess they I'm shot sorry. Luke's scenes Another eye. <laughs> yeah, where they shot Luke's scenes for this film. So he was already, there he says like, oh, hey, Mark Hamill's on the set. So it's just like, oh, good. Mark Hamill's working steadily again outside of voice acting. Great. I am very happy for him. Um, but but the fact that, because when, when they showed that second trailer at um, Celebration, and all it was was just kind of like, a montage of really cool stuff that had everyone like, oh my god, and then Han and Chewie showed up and everyone started crying. It's just like, perfect. You know, I really don't even need another trailer. Like, they could just keep running this. And they stuck to their guns. Six months it went by between that trailer and this trailer. And I'm just like, okay, am I going to get like, here's the story of episode seven all wrapped in one. No, no, it's just more cool shots. That's it. It's just a different tone. It's just like, here, it's a little more somber. Here's some uh, new stuff. It's mostly TIE Fighters and uh, the Millennium Falcon <laughs> running around. I'm like, awesome. Thank you. I don't... You, this, they, stuck to, they stuck to their guns. They're like, we don't even need to tell you what the hell this movie's about. It's Star Wars. You're going to come and see it anyway. So... Oh. Yes, I, I am quite interested mm. to see what tomorrow's report on pre-ticket sales is for tonight. Fandango so, crashed. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see like how much, how many million it raked in. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be the highest pre-sell in history until some other movie series is just like we got to beat Star Wars and be like, all right, well Marvel, let's see what you're going to do because they're going to be the ones that try to really push. It. I wouldn't doubt, I would not doubt that uh, Warner Brothers might make a push for pre-sales for Batman versus Superman though. It's not going to beat out Star Wars. I don't know. Well, but, well here, I've, I, I told you my prediction off, you know, off mic, but I'm making my prediction here now. Star Wars will have a strong eight weeks at number one. This is what I'm predicting. Is it going to make killer bank? It's going to make really good bank, I think. 
It's going to la have long-lasting lace because there's really not going to be much out there to counteract it. I do not think that a Quinn Tarantino movie is going to knock it out of the first place at all. Uh, and no, no Academy Award movie is really going to kind of knock it out of place. The thing that will knock it out of place this is my prediction, which will be the first week in February, will be Deadpool. And that will be, ironically, a Fox movie knocking out Star Wars out of the top spot for the first time. That is what I'm calling but by that time, probably would have made, mm, I'm going to guess, $400 million domestic. And if that's what it is, I'm pretty sure Disney's going to be like, oh, this is uh, disappointing. Because they're hoping, I know they're hoping to break Jurassic, Jurassic World's record right now. So, they want, they, want that they want that sweet Avatar top spot. So, just like, we paid $6 billion for it. We need to get our investment back somehow. So. Right, right. Yeah. I think somewhere it said a couple months ago that they expect about worldwide for Star Wars to be like three billion. You but know, I don't know. I don't know if that includes toys. I'm not so sure. It was just kind of a passing passing article that which, I I had saw. Which Hasbro can go take a walk on those damn toys because. Jessica, you were around for the for the uh, madness that was the prequels. So, oh God, yes. You you know the the midnight rush sales at Target and at Toys R Us that they had for those toys. That you would go in like uh, my my buddy George and I had talked about this on on uh, on our Take Two podcast about you know two weeks ago, and we were kind of lamenting about because so we went and did the. Um, the Star Wars Day midnight opening sale where they're like, all the toys are going to go on sale. Come get your BB-8 figure and uh, take a bunch of Chewies home. It's like, alright, cool. We're going to go down. Like, Let's go to Target. Because you know what? No one's really going to be at Target. If, if it's anything like last time, Hasbro's going to line those shelves with figures galore. They'll be six inch. They'll be three, three quarter inch and there'll be some of the Black Series. It'll be awesome. It'll be great. We'll go. We went squat in in comparison of 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 freaking uh uh um revenge of the sith when i got when i got up at 4 a.m for the revenge of the sith pre-sale went down to target because they had an exclusive lava 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 damaged darth vader you could get if you're like one of the first like 70 people in there and i was i was 54 um just the whole toy aisle was lined. It was just a matter of like, okay, I need a Grievous. Who's got a pregnant Padme? I'll trade you. I'm like, uh, okay, cool. But there's plenty to go around for everyone. It was just like you could bathe, and it was like a it was like a, a Scrooge McDuck money pit of Star Wars toys. This was not the case. Three dudes who were in front of the line pretty much went up with their their with their carts and just did one big sweep and just shoved all the figures into their carts and then took off. You know what was left? Junk. Nobody wants. Nobody. They, it's because they target through all the Star Wars merch into one corner. So the only things that were left were the a a, a a a speeder bike here or there, and then they threw all the other Star Wars crap they had laying around in the uh, in the building and put it in there. So there was plenty of ta beach towels and pajamas and uh, Star Wars alarms clocks. No toys. And I asked the, uh, the, the maitre d' of the store, I'm like, um, you got any more of the action figures? Like, well, we got these, and they're like the little micro-machines. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't insult me, please. I want the actual <laughs> toys, like the little figurines. Like, 
I don't know. We only got three cases of those. And I grabbed him by his collar. I'm like, don't lie to me. I know you're lying. He's like, dude, I swear. We only got three cases. I'm like, so if I come back here tomorrow morning at, at 8 a.m. when you guys open up, I'm not going to see that store, that, 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 the Star Wars aisle lined with figures that I could have walked out tonight with. He's like, dude, they only sent us three boxes. And that was it. I swear to God. He was right. And I checked around. Every other store only got three cases of figures. I'm like, what in what madness is this? Hasbro could not last. The last three movies made more figures than they knew what to do with. It's it was like um, they had more. They had it was the equivalent of, of the uh, printing of the T-shirts for the Super Bowl. They have both teams ready to go. Like, you know, hey, right, you know, the right. Seattle Seahawks champions, or you know, the Denver Broncos champions. Well, the Broncos didn't win, so we're shipping all these shirts off to Africa. There's going to be a lot of poor village kids who have a nice new shirt for a team, for a sport they've never heard of, but they got something cool. That's what Hasbro did with the Star Wars figures. Like, you could not give away these figures for the longest time. There were so many. Uh, <laughs> like, there oh was, God. we were loud, loud, oh everyone was God. lousy with droids, everyone was lousy with Grievouses, everyone was lousy with an- little tiny Anakin that nobody hated, and oh, the Jar Jars, all, Jar just, you could brick and mortar with Jar Jars. There were so many. N- not this time around. It's like, here's three of everything. Enjoy. And I know they did it this way because they're like, oh, hey, we sold out of everything. It's like, you st- stinking bastards. And here's the thing. It's been nearly two months since that. They have not restocked once. And I have been just... Uh, as a toy collector, and as a man who's actually hyped for Star Wars again, who's hyped, I want my Captain Phasma figure, and I want her shiny and chrome. That's what I want. Diddly squat. Oh my, yes, and yes, I'm just like, I'm like, all, all this because you douchebags wanted that we sold out opening night kind of thing. And I'm just like, you pieces of, ah. So, needless to say, I'm excited for the movie. <laughs> I am excited for the movie as well. I'm going to go with my dad, Aww. so I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. That'll be good. So my dad, yeah, my dad got me into Star Wars as a little kid and Star Trek as well. Battlestar Galactica original, uh, and also you, uh, you Stargate. <laughs> and then from there, I discovered other things like Quantum Leap and Sliders on my own. <gasps> so I miss so all that stuff. I miss yeah. Sliders so much. I loved Sliders. I could not get I could not get enough sliders. That was my Friday night thing f- between fifth and sixth grade. Like I could not get enough of the fat kid from Stand by Me, and uh, Sala from Indiana Jones going from world to world. Yeah, 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 yep, <laughs> yep. But I'm pretty excited. You know, I hope my dad. Like he's really into it, but you know, it's been a couple years since Revenge of the Sith, so mm-hmm. we'll see. You know how it goes with him. Yeah. He might have, like, before I had questions for him mm-hmm. as a youngster, but now I think he may have questions for me because, <laughs> you know, generations change. Yeah. I know my mom's not going. She just, <laughs> she knows Yoda. Mm-hmm. She knows R2-D2. Mm-hmm. And she keeps calling C-3PO. She thought they were, like, she thought it was, like, a gay man inside or something. I'm not so sure what she thought with what C-3PO actually C-3PO who it was. Rather- I just said it was... He's just a robot with no sexual orientation. But she was confused, like Gadget Gal from The Awesomes, if you guys ever watch that show. Someone who's like, I'm just confused. Like, 
progressive enough, but still has like old ways thinking. So she's like, oh yeah. Like she, she'll think two guys walking down the street holding hands are buddies. But yet like when you tell them that they're not just buddies, she's like, what? But then, oh my God, it's like odd moments. But like, no, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't know. I think she knows like Yoda. She knows what a Jedi is. She knows, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't care for that stuff. But bless her heart. She'll still buy me those things though. When I was young. Yeah, she knows what an Ewok is. Mm-hmm. Um, I named one of my dogs after it. His middle name is Teddy Wicket. So, um, and so, you know, she kind of knows what an Ewok is and stuff, but I don't think she would have fun. So, so no three tickets for the family, just two. Well, that's good. Just yeah, two. I, 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 think, I think she'll have fun just sitting by herself, like, you know, having quiet time in the home. Yeah. Plus, you know, she'd be like, what is happening? Why are all these flashlight sticks just running around? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I was yeah, like, yeah. light lightsabers yeah. and stuff like that. And then, and then she might say, where are all the Asians in this film? So yeah. that's not a whole thing I want to <laughs> get into with diversity. The, yeah, Star Wars is not the most diverse universe in the world. There was, I, I want to say it was either Paul Rodriguez, it was, it was some Hispanic... Um, comedian I heard one time who told a story he was telling a joke he's like it's like man you white people I don't know what you got planned for us because in the Flintstones there's no Mexicans and in Star Wars there's no Mexicans so in the past and the future there's none of us oh wait I forgot except for one there's Chewie <laughs> but he looks like a freaking dog running around on cracks so I don't know what the hell you guys got going on for us so I always think of that whenever anyone brings up like diversity I'm like you got Chewie and Lando the hippest cat in the whole universe Oh my God! No, my dad was so excited to see Finn, mm-hmm. and uh, he yelled out, "Another one!" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, God! I think I know what you mean by that." Yeah. And he was so excited. He was like, "Yeah, there should be more, you know, diversity and stuff." Hey, that shows you that the Empire does not—they're not all a bunch of cranky Germans and, and proper Englishmen running around in coats. Like they hire out, apparently. Yeah, they do. They do actually in Attack of the Clones in the arena battle scene mm-hmm. in one of the scenes. There were Asian Jedi. Oh, so, for them. I would assume. You know, be, yeah, it, you know, it, in in the real world, like the Asians would be top ranking Jedi's out there because they really do bust their ass. So. Oh, you know, it, it's in our blood to wield the sword and no martial <laughs> arts. So, I guess. Like the Jedi Academy would be the MIT. Of uh, of the universe, and it's it's lousy with Asian Jedi's, and a few white and a few white Jedi's that are on there through their parents' uh, you know hedge fund. So, oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, uh, uh, we're getting delightfully off topic here. So, yeah, go watch. No, Star- it's okay. <laughs> go watch Thank Star you for Wars those trailer. sticking it through. Star- How can we not talk about Star Wars? It's Star Such Wars. A big thing, it, it's though. so much that it's bleeding into our giant monster talk, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be some sort of gianty monster thing in there anyway. And you know, it all comes back around because Gareth Edwards is filming his own Star Wars movie right now. So, yes, yes, it is. And t- speaking of trailers, mm-hmm. uh, with the Star Wars trailer, uh, there was definitely one trailer I played like 11, 12 times. That one actually did bring me to tears. And so a friend, like, broke the silence in the back and said something like, wouldn't it better if it also said friends of the children? And I was like, you bastard, you just killed the moment. <laughs> so if uh, you haven't picked up on Jessica's beautiful segue, there was a doings a transpiring at the New York Comic Con uh, 
about a week and a half ago now, where uh, pretty much the day before it got dropped on us, hey, Katakawa's going to be there. And hey, uh, we're doing something for Gamera's 50th anniversary. And everyone was like, wait, what? Like, yeah, just show up. It'll be awesome. We That's that's all we're going to tell you right now. So. Oh, oh yeah. No, I freaked out. I freaked out. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Everyone was like, okay, what, what, what are they going to, what, what are you going to do? Because pretty much last year, April of last year, we did a whole show on, hey, uh, uh, Kodakawa has announced they're going to do a Gamera 50th anniversary film. Of course they are, because two thousand or not two thousand or 2015 is the 50th anniversary of Gamera. You got to do something, and then nothing. And then everyone's like, so what the hell's going on? And then was, there was rumors like, well, I think they canceled it because there's a lack of interest. And then Godzilla came out. And then everyone's like, oh, maybe there's not. And then Toho was like, we're going to do another Godzilla movie. And it's like, hmm, maybe there's something going on here. So this news kind of came literally out of left field. It was just like, and it hit, a, hit everyone in the side of the head. It's like, it's, you're not making this announcement in Japan. You're making it in America, of all things. And you're doing it at the New York Comic Con. And you're making a big freaking deal about it. So what are we going to see? Oh, the things we saw, Jessica. Oh. oh my gosh, yes. The beauty was we didn't have to really be there. So that was the first thing. It, was like, it wasn't one of those Comic-Con things where it was like, no, nah, you got to just be here and you know, the, you're, that's the only way they're going to see it. I was like, no, 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 we need, to gain, we need to gauge reaction off this thing if we're going to go through with it. So do you want to ex- describe what it is they unleashed upon the world? Oh my God! It was so amazing. I just wanted to cry. It, in many ways, shall I dare say, was better than the legendary Godzilla trailer. <gasps> Ooh, those are bold words. Because it saw more monsters and less of a human Aaron Taylor Johnson face. I mean, I'm okay with the human, mm-hmm. but I'm saying like you saw more of the monsters and the creatures. And then when they showed the, I'm sure Chris will link it. You show a young boy. Because, you know, who doesn't like little kids who don't get eaten? Mm -hmm. Then they show him as an adult. Mm -hmm. But even as an adult, they cut off right at his head. Mm -hmm. So you don't see the actor's face. So there isn't much. The focus is basically Gamera is back. And then Gamera, I mean, he's back in the 58th anniversary term. But he was there when the boy was little. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years later, or how many years later, he's back again. Mm -hmm. So he appears again. So the main focus really is about the actual kaiju. Yes. And the monsters that they face and the kaijus that they face. So I was very, 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 very excited. And I don't know. I mean, I think the trailer was really awesome. It showed a lot of more of the monsters. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, with that, I liked that trailer a lot more because I actually get to see the monsters in the kaiju. Mm -hmm. From people who have previously know uh, with Pacific Rim, I think I once asked you, Chris, I was like, am I the only one that roots for the kaijus? And you were like, probably. Um, and of course, you're supposed to root for humanity or the robots mm-hmm. or the mechas. But I am much more a kaiju person. Mm-hmm. So I really like the fact that, you know, you got to see more of them and then kind of less of the humans and the main character, the male main character. Mm-hmm. But I love the devastation. He wrecks upon his uh, his villains, but also inadvertently, accidentally taking out major part of the city. In that, that screenshot where he's just sending toward the left, but you see the entire city, and then just all of it blasted away mm-hmm. by his breath, that's 
currently my cover photo. Oh. It's hard to spot him, but yeah. he's there. Um, and I was so, so excited. And then, like, my eyes were misting up, and I was, like, hitting refresh, and it gets to the end, and you see the title sequence, mm -hmm. Gamera. And I'm so excited, and I hear a friend's voice in the back, whom I didn't know ninja his way upstairs and was like, oh, it would have been better if it just said friends of the children. <laughs> and I was like, damn it! You've killed my eyes misting up moment! Oh, poor Jessica. But, yes, it was, oh, it was a symphony to behold. It was a feast for the eyes. Uh, the fact that it was a juicy, almost like, was it three and a half minutes? It's, it's oh yeah, no, it was long. My friend was like, "Holy crap, that's a." Real. I mean, my friend didn't know anything about really the character. He just mm -hmm. knows the name and the look of it. But that was a giant turtle with like tusks. Yeah. Um, I was using his internet, mm -hmm. so when he had walked by, he was like, "Oh wow, that's actually a really long trailer for something." I don't know, like how big is the following compared to Godzilla? And I was like, "You know, it's comparable. Obviously, not like you know, Godzilla kind mm -hmm. of is the one that." people are more well-known. Yeah. He was just really surprised that it was like a high def released on the same day mm -hmm. on Thursday of New York Comic Con, and it was like almost four minutes. Yep. So let's break down this trailer real quick. I, I, you did a great job of kind of giving the overlay and just how awesome it was. So as you said, it, start, it starts off with a boy, and he's running for his life, and his father's behind him, and they're being chased by a swarm of gauss. Now, the first thing everyone was kind of like going on, it's like, they kind of look different. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, just go with it. It's oh, God, proof, no. It's they were proof, crazy. Yes, it's a proof of concept trailer. They they, they made him a little more dragony than Birdie. I, I don't care. They look like Gauss. So, they are tearing crap up. Um, I don't recall if they were spitting their laser beam, though, or not. Or they're just viciously uh, murdering and eating people left and right. That's pretty much what I got the gist out of it. Because uh, as the kid's running, his dad gets gobbled up, been sentenced by a gauss. And then as the kid is laying there and is explaining, like, so yeah, uh, everything went to hell. And uh, as uh, just these swarms, a swarm of gauss is just, you know, annihilating uh, the city. Then, then, then a, lone, a lone roar is heard and a, uh, a blast. And uh, the gauss just disintegrates in the goriest fashion you can think of. Oh my gosh, I did not expect that in the trailer. Like, it was just, like, super, super <laughs> the gory, kind of, for a trailer, but then again, it's not an American trailer. Exactly, so. the eye popping out um, and then exploding was a nice touch, because you can actually see the flesh burn away from the uh, the fire attack. And then the kid looks up, and lo and behold, you see this beautiful back shot of Gamera. As the the plates on his shell shift and kind of contort to kind of fit, and then we get him in his full glory. He looks like a, uh, a, a just a a cross between the Gamma Three Gamma and the Gamma uh, Guardian of the Universe one. So he's got the pudginess to him, but he's got some of that kind of badass like sheen that they gave that Gamma. He's got bulk on him, and he just looks angry as hell. And he just starts unloading on these guys. He does, like, the super, like, atomic uh, fireball attack where it's just, he kind of hug. You see him breathe in, sucks in a lot of air, and then just one massive super blast. And just, it, it much it wipes out half the city, but it also wipes out all the guys. 
and it very much, very much is reminiscent of uh, the uh, Shibuya attack sequence in Gamma 3, where it's just like, oh yeah, uh, monsters are fighting each other, Gamma don't give a crap anymore, and uh, yeah, people are dying left and right. And the eyeball scene looks like it was very much a homage to that sequence, when uh, the first Gauss lands and after and Gamera's on top of him and that he's just yeah. is screeching as it's dying and its eyes just dangling by uh, by its retina and Gamera just completely like yeah screw you and just blast the crap out of him, thus creating that huge fireball that sends bodies flying everywhere. The the sixteen year old me when I saw that movie when I saw that sequence I'm like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever. So oh, yeah. I love violence okay. And then we cut to, we cut to 15 years later, and the boy is now a grown man. And he's got those binoculars in his hand that he had from his father. And uh, there's chaos amongst the city. And uh, this time it's not from the Gauss. No, no, it's not from Gamera's arch nemesis. But a new, new nemesis that has no name. Uh, pretty much is just six-legged, wiping buildings left and right. Makes a uh, kind of like a high-pitched bell shriek. It has bubble attacks, Jessica. Not just beam attacks, bubble attacks. I know, it was so cool. Like a collapsing like black hole attack, which was cool. From its twin tails, too. That's where it shoots it. And then Gamera shows back up even meaner than before. Like the, the design even tweaked from the flashback sequence to that final sequence where it goes into like Gamera. And it's just like everyone's like, oh my god. Few things. Um, the whole trailer is CG. Like, there's no summation in it whatsoever. I saw a lot of people kind of like, what, 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 what are you doing? Like, is this really how it's going to be? We don't know. It's a proof of concept trailer. They're just like, look, we're kind of gauging reaction. Do you guys want another Gamera movie or not? If you do, we'll go out the best of ways we can figure it out. But here's our intention for it. So the second thing is, oh, they learned their lesson from Gamera the Brave. Um, yeah, you had this awesome 90s Gamera series that everyone loved. And Gamera the Brave, as for as awesome as the suits and the fight sequences were, it, it's not a bad movie. I really like Gamera the Brave, but it's a step backwards from what the 90s movies did. So they're just like, okay, so everyone wants Gamera dark and violent. Okay, we're going to give it to them. Just like that. Gamera very much is the Batman of the uh, Kaiju world, where Godzilla could arguably be the Superman, if you will. A little more bright, a little more heroic. Gamera, on the other hand, though, gets down and dirty. And uh, that's how he likes it. <clears throat> Third thing, um, I'm over the Cloverfield monster ripoffs. I don't need any more long, lanky, gray creature-looking things running around. I'm done with it. Just if you're gonna give me another monster, give me something unique-looking. I don't need another. I don't need another Cloverfield ripoff. Other than that, yeah, 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 yeah. When I did see the kaiju at the end, I was kind of like, oh, my my friends were like, that that looks like kind of like a mutos. Yeah. Which, in turn, kind of looks like the Cloverfield monster. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm just... It's like, but, we don't uh, need any more gangly-armed, bandersnatchy kind of creatures anymore. Just... The beauty... One, one of the greatest things about Gamera is all of his villains are exceptionally unique. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, let's just take an animal and just weird it up. Like, Baragon's like a, a, a salamander with, like, a horn. Uh... Jiger is a, a fat kind of toad-looking thing with a horn. Zegra and Virus are a shark and a, uh, uh, and a squid, respectively. Then the 90s, you know, then you know, you, then you got, like, Gauss, which is the 
Joker to Gamera's Batman, and then uh, the 90s series, you had Legion, which is one of the, the, the greatest monster designs of all time. And then you had Iris, which is just like, they went full neon Genesis with, with the creature design on the thing. But it's awesome, because it's made for a very, like, those fight sequences in 3 are awesome, because Iris is such a weird, unique-looking creature. So, uh, yeah, going the Cloverfield-y monster out, I, I, look, we know it's a proof-of-concept trailer. This is not what the film is going to represent if it gets made. Because right now, they're saying, yeah, it's going to get made. But the trailer very much is a... kind of like that first Comic-Con trailer for Legendary's Godzilla. This proof of concept. So, at th right now, we don't know if they're going to do Suitmation or they're going to go full CG. I'm assuming, for budgetary reasons, they'll probably go back to Suit and add CG with it. But... At least, I think Kodakawa now, if they're, especially if they're doing this thing at New York Comic Con, they're like, yeah, we're not going to sit back and let this whole wave ride out and not do something with Gamera, because we haven't done anything with him in about 10 years, so it's time to dust him off, get him out there, and get him earning again. So, at least they know better. They're like, yeah, we're going to do more in 90s than we are the last movie. So, that looks like that's where we're going with it. It's going to be like a nice, dark, gritty... Uh, you know, kaiju film, and for Gamera, that works perfectly. Because Gamera movies, even the Super Kitty ones, are violent as hell, Jessica. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it says Friends of the Children, yeah. but violence for adults. <laughs> like, I was like, my my God. Yeah. I mean, in the original Gamera films, their monsters are dicing each other up. Like, there's blood galore. There's not one movie where Gamera does not bleed like Rocky from Rocky Four when he's getting the crap out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Just... Ooh, it's 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 a uh, it's an old Sunday. It's like Lone Wolf and Cub. You know when they, he makes the slice and he says, "Have you ever heard the the sound of the blood racing out of the, uh, <laughs> the neck wound from a sword?" That's what those Gamera movies were. It's just like let's just mutilate the crap out of each other. And then the '90s films took it up a notch in just that nice realistic way where it's just blood and gore left and right. It's like you don't see this with Godzilla films, and that's. That's possibly a good thing because it just adds a sense of of weight to, to the Gamera films. Even the Gamera Brave was like bloody as as bloody as a kaiju movie could get, especially with uh, uh, Zetas like eating people and he's got like chunks of him hanging out of his mouth and stuff when he's fighting Gamera, impaling left and right. So much impaling in this series. So, yes, good times now. Jessica, here is what we know about the movie as I make in, you know, quotation marks. So, um, tentatively set for sometime next year. They haven't really uh, announced much besides that. Um, the pilot film, as they're calling it, which is a proof-of-concept film, is going to be shown uh, next month at a um, Gamera 50th Anniversary Retrospective where they've upconverted the, the Heisei Suzenko trilogy into 4K. So it's going to look uh, going to look really good. Um, uh, let's see. The, uh, oh, and they have a director. So uh, Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, once again, I'm probably going to butcher this poor man's name, but his name is Katsuhito uh, Kat, uh, Kat uh, Ishii. So... Uh, he made a movie back in uh, a few years ago called The Shark Skin Man and the Peach Chip Girl, which was kind of like this gangstery 
kind of uh, uh, like film. It was, it was kind of cool. I saw it many years ago. I I don't have it committed to memory, but it was a it was a fun film. On the other hand, though, he did write one of Chris's all-time favorite pieces of motion picture ever create ever put down by the hands of man himself. Like this was an accumulation of all we have learned as a society and put it out there for everyone to enjoy and it'll be shown to the ages. This is the Dude to Road movie called Red Line. And I'm not talking about the crappy race movie that came out in 2006. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Opus. That is the animated movie Red Line. It's a it's it, oh, it, it words I can't find the words to describe it because they have not been invented yet about how gorgeous and how beautiful and how freaking awesome Red Line is. So the fact that this guy who wrote this insanely beautiful film is directing Gamera gives me lots of hope. So, that is the tentative uh, news on Gamera. He made a big splash at New York. Uh, everyone's kind of like, oh, awesome, Gamera's back, and he's badass once again. We just don't know. Uh, there was word, and I don't know, I couldn't get a uh, full confirmation on this from, it, it's kind of uh, varies from site to site. I guess, I believe it was mentioned at the panel. But the, uh, pi the pilot film, as they're calling it, the, uh, the uh, proof of concept, is actually a little bit longer, and apparently it's going to be shown in full at the Gamma event. So they kind of made it, they, they alluded to, it's got like another few minutes to it. Don't know, but that's a few, a few sites I, I read about, I was reading up on this. I have mentioned that, so... Uh, in a few weeks, I guess we'll know if there's more to this Gamera uh, trailer or not. Once again, if you haven't seen it, shame on you. Why are you listening to this tra uh, podcast if you, if you haven't? Second, I will have it in the notes of the, uh, of, of the show. It is something you have to watch. It is awesome. Uh, I have heard people complaining about the CG. Just let it be. Just be thankful we got something new, Gamera, for the, uh, in time for the 50th anniversary. Because we could have had nothing, so you get this or you get nothing. Just don't, just don't pitch right now. That's all I'm asking. Because you know why? I've already heard a lot of complaining about our next thing, Jessica. Ooh, our next thing. I don't know. Hopefully, we're thinking we're thinking on the same thing. But I'm thinking, thinking legendary. We are thinking legendary. So why don't you? Uh, why don't you tell the good people what's going on? Well, Legendary, over with Warner Brothers, has decided to do what I would like to call the Batman Brave and the Bold slash Justice League of kaiju films. Mm -hmm. uh, we will see a Godzilla and King Kong, among other monsters. So they say and promise. Mm -hmm. And gave, I believe, future year dates yes. for when we would be expecting them. Yes. So... I was very, very, very excited mm -hmm. and sadly had to explain to why I was so excited to several friends. But I was very excited. And I was like, you don't know what this means? And they were like, did this not happen already? I'm like, Ugh. but it's different now. I mean, it was awesome then as well, but, you know, CGI technology has advanced. Mm -hmm. So very, 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 very excited. It just feels so far away. Yes, it's five years off. But yeah, five years, I believe, because one's like a 2019 or 2020, I believe. Kong is yes, Kong Godzilla versus Kong, as it's tentatively being tiled now, is set for 2020. So they're marveling it. They're like, yeah, here's the slate for the next five years. So yeah, 
we talked about this uh, uh, two episodes ago, but it was only back then. It was a speculation of all the tomfoolery was going on with uh, Legendary at the time when they moved Kong from Universal to Warner Brothers. Now, let's go back about a year and a half ago when Legendary was like, we're going to Universal. And then at Comic-Con last year, they announced, we're going to do a King Kong movie. And after they announced, we're doing a sequel to Godzilla 2 because it made a lot of money. <clears throat> That's when people were like, oh wait, Legendary's making a Kong film and they've got Godzilla. Perhaps the two could possibly come together. And a lot of people with cooler heads were like, no, it's two different studios. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, you know, Warner Brothers still calls dibs on Godzilla because that made them a lot of money. Otherwise, they would have just let it go. Like, like Pacific Rim with, Univer with Legendary. And then when we heard the news of Pacific Rim being put on hold... And then Legendary taking Kong from Universal to Warner Brothers, then the speculation began. It's like, oh, okay. And even then people were like, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. And I was like, uh, hold on a minute. If they're going to Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers is all about shared universes and team-up movies now. If they're doing it with their own, with, with the DC properties... There's not going there's no way in hell that they were not going to take a Kong film from a company that also has the Godzilla property and not be like there's money to be made here. So, yeah, let's throw these two together. And I'm pretty sure that's what Thomas Tall had in mind from day 1 since he got the Godzilla property. So, this is all coming together like a coup. So, while Gamera on Thursday was reigning supreme, Friday morning, Legendary puts out a press release saying Oh yeah, guess what? We're gonna do so we're doing this new Kong film. It's gonna be awesome. It's got Loki in it, and John Goodman just joined. Then we're gonna do Godzilla 2 as soon as Gareth Edwards is done with his little Star Wars film. And then after that, they're gonna meet. And they're gonna fight. And it's gonna be awesome. And yes, it is really is happening. So they said twenty twenty four, Godzilla versus Kong. Not God's not King Kong versus Godzilla. Not Godzilla versus King Kong. Godzilla versus Kong. Keeping it simple. I almost feel like it was like a calculated PR move. It very much was. It, it they're I mean they're keeping King out of the name it looks like right now cuz I think they want to they're like yeah this is King Kong but it's not the same King Kong. So right now Kong Skull Island is jumping into production like they start I think actually they started this week I believe. So they're in Hawaii right now filming it. There's giant red ape skulls strewn about the Hawaiian Islands, which I'm assuming are CG mock-ups, or markers for mock-ups later. Um, and we do know that the Monarch group it plays a big part in it. So, yes, they're 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 combining things. Now, we still don't know what the hell's going on with Godzilla 2. We just know that apparently Rodan, Mothra, and Ghidorah are going to show up at some point. Now we know, Yep. Yeah. Now yep. We, oh, now we got the end game of Kong and Godzilla meeting. And uh, I can't wait. I know I'm going to be 36 by the time this movie comes out. And that seems a long way off right now, but I don't care. I love, love, love the first, the, the, the King Kong versus Godzilla movie that we have. Absolutely. It was, one, it was my favorite as a kid. It's amongst my favorites as an adult. It's in my top, I think it's my, I would say it's my top two. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, the 74 one, and King Kong vs. Godzilla are back-to-back. -back. Mechagodzilla edges it out just for how crazy that film is. But Kong vs. Godzilla has this just unabashedly, unabashedly glee to it. Like, where it's just like, 
he has the whole East versus West mentality. It has, it's not a straight, it's, it's got a little bit of a com- comedic edge to it. People call it a comedy. I'm like, I wouldn't say it's a full comedy. It has more of like a, a tongue-in-cheekness to it. And it's got some of the best fights ever. I freaking love the last fight between Kong and Godzilla because I love physical fights. And with the, the hair suit, when they get rid of the arm extenders out of the damn suit, and it's just Kong and Godzilla wrestling like like professional wrestlers and throwing each other around, it is it was, to, to a five-year-old Chris who saw it for my mind exploded out into like a unicorn rainbow. And I was just like, I've watched the, I've watched those scenes more times than I can count. I've seen it in theaters. I've worn out my DVD. I freaking love King Kong versus Godzilla. So that way that when they announced this news, I did like three somersaults. I'm like, I freaking knew it. You know what? King Kong Godzilla was my original Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, all, but then, you know, I do think that this one will be less comedic. Yes. And more, I'm hoping more, like, a serious tone, like epic fights. And, yeah. you know, it's just not something that's meant to be humor or, or comedic, at least not on purpose. Um, although when I saw so many human names being listed, I was a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, see, um, with all the different things. And so hopefully, very, 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 very excited. Definitely just worth the fight scenes. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, oh yeah, which is which is what I do with all Transformer movies by Michael Bay. Yeah, just fight scenes. Just fight scenes. You just cut to the fight scenes. I just cut to the fight scenes. I think there's some YouTube videos that are like every Optimus Prime fight scene, mm-hmm. and that's just like all. It's like forty, like I don't know, forty minutes or something or less. Mm-hmm. I just watch that. Well, hey, the last one actually, I liked the last. I love the first one. I I go out and say yes. The first one's a good movie. It's is it a dumb movie? Yeah, it's kind of a dumb movie, but it's a fun movie. It's awesome. You can you can feel the Spielberg influence on it. The other two are are, are garbage. Like two is complete garbage. Three is just boring. Three just really doesn't do anything for me. Four, I sat down to watch four, and I'm just like, you know what? I had fun with this. Yes, it was about 45 minutes too long, but. The fact that, you know, we got uh, the Dinobots, which I liked a lot. We had um, we had the, the new villain uh, whose name I'm kind of blanking on right now. And Kelsey Grammer trying to murder people left and right. I'm just like, yeah, this movie's got everything I'm, I, I would love. And the flash fight between Optimus and the uh, assassin character was pretty damn cool. So I'm just like, you know what? I like this one a lot. Is it great? No, but I will watch it again. So I, I only watched the ending. Like, I've only, I only watch as soon as Grimlock and the Dinobots come on. And then I spend the entire time wondering why does he look like Maleficent mm-hmm. in dragon format. <laughs> and then at the very end when he says that they're free to go into, like, hiding and go, they just transform and then leave. And I'm always like, where are you going? You guys are so big. Go I mean, hide. I know it's China and yeah, stuff go and other places in the world, but you're so large. Yeah. Um, but then I just watch those scenes, and then I'm done. Which I get, like, yeah, dinosaurs were big. Yeah, a T-Rex was not as big as Grimlock was in this movie. Like, Grimlock was the size <laughs> of three. It, that, but it is one of the greatest things. I still love that image of Optimus riding Grimlock, because it looks like... Oh, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that was my cover photo yes. for, like, months. It was exceptionally metal. Like, that was, like, that looked like an 80s Iron Maiden, like, cover to, like, one of the <laughs> That's That was the greatest thing. 
this I, that, I got a feeling that you know with the tone that Legendary set for Godzilla, where it's a lot, you know, because they were saying for like the whole year, no, Godzilla's a completely different you know, figuratively beast than what Pacific Rim is because Pacific Rim is very much fun. It's you know, it's you know we're paying homage to this to the to the genre. Godzilla, we're making an entry into the genre, and we're gonna do it right. We're not gonna make the same mistakes that the Sony film made. And to the extent, yeah, they did. And I, I applaud Legendary. I like the Legendary film a lot. And everyone complains. It's like, well, Godzilla's barely in it. It's like, yeah, go watch most of the films, man. They're really... He's not in a, a ton of, you know... Some of the best ones, he's only pops up at towards the end. So, yeah. He's in there enough. The fight scenes won't make up for it. It's it, it's a take that I'm, I'm kind of glad exists. Uh, I... We'll say that, yeah, killing off Brody, the uh, father Brody character kind of was uh, a misfire. Other than that, though, I don't mind. I didn't mind, like, I didn't have the problem with Aaron Taylor Johnson that everyone had. So I still stick to my original review if you ever want to go back and listen to it. it's I think it's like episode 9. So that's telling me that Kong is going to be very much in that vein. Also, it's telling me that, as I've been saying before, they're not remaking King Kong because that move, that story's been done to death now, three times in movies and about a dozen times in whatever book format. So we're not getting the Fey race. We're not getting the 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 the, the, uh, the guy coming out to exploit the filmmaker coming to exploit the island, the blonde getting caught up with Kong, and then you know they bring him back to put him up on the uh, on the stage for 45 minutes. And I'm outrageously charging people. And then at the end, they end with the comedic stylings of uh, 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 Schuster and Gerwitz, as uh, Mr. Burns would say. Uh, no, they're not doing that. They're doing what it seems like the middle of the, the Peter Jackson film, where it's just like, yeah, we're going to spend time on this kick-ass island and have Kong fight a bunch of monsters. That's what it looks like they're doing. And the fact that they're doing it in the same world where Godzilla and other things exist, I'm pretty sure they're going to expand upon that stuff, too. Yeah, no, they they didn't want Kong to be the Batman of of monsters. Yes, of westerns. Where like I think there's a YouTube clip that was like Batman has seen his parents die once, but mm. I've seen it so many times, yeah. and it's just <laughs> clips of every scene animated in live action. Yeah, where you see Bruce's parents get gunned down in the alley. Yeah, it's not supposed to be funny, but yeah. it was meant to be a you know like I mean yeah. the situation it's is like, not it's hilarious, been, it's been but it is a video made in humor mm -hmm. and it was like basically the person was like please no more origin stories everybody knows it's like we, how batman became batman we, just like get on with it so i think it. with They're kong dead. they were just like mm, let's not let's not make him the batman yeah. this world yeah They're like we get it he's dead like the, the, his parents are dead he had a he had a crappy childhood so they're doing it looks like they're doing kong in a mo more modern time not in the 40s or the 30s and, uh, yeah, he's just going to be fighting awesome monsters. So, if give me a moment, Jessica. I'm about ready to go into a rant. So, <laughs> strap oh, in God. for a second. I need to get something off my chest. So, here's the thing. You would think people would be elated to hear this news. There's going to be a new Kong movie. There's going to be another Godzilla movie. And then they're going to fight. I have heard nothing but bitching about this. And not just, not vocal, you know, proper, like, I don't know, this is a good idea. No, no, no. I've heard fandom bitching, and it is like nails on a chalkboard to me because it is the stupidest form of bitching there is out there. 
the fact that people aren't kind of paying attention to the story and they're kind of just assuming in their own heads what things are going to be. They're like, the first thing I've been hearing is, ah, really? They're doing a whole shared universe thing? Uh, that's so overplayed. No, go to hell. You know why? Because that is one of the greatest things that Marvel has ever done, the shared universe thing. Now, yes, certain studios don't get it. Like, no, we don't need a shared universe for everything. But it is fine. It is f very fine if you have... If one studio has a few properties, let's do crossovers every once in a while. There's nothing wrong with that. And the fact that you can just kind of move in and out with them, I love that stuff. That's the best thing Marvel has done. Because you know why? We know what it tells people. You know what it tells it tells me? That the studio doesn't think that the general public is as big of an idiot as they think it is. It's like, oh yeah, we can pay attention to certain things. So, going with this whole thing where Kong takes place in the same world as Godzilla, awesome. Here's the other thing, too. I've seen, I've heard nothing, nothing but complaining. Well, Godzilla's like 350 feet, and Kong is like so tiny. How, how's this fight going to work? Shut up. That's what I'm saying right now. Shut your, shut your damn mouth, because you don't know what you're talking about. Yes, Kong was small in the Peter Jackson movie. They're not doing the Peter Jackson movie. They're doing something completely new and different. Kong is essentially just a big gorilla. That's it. Is anything special? Toho looked at that when they got the right when they got the rights to use him back in the sixties, and they're like, "Ah, Kong was small. What do we do here? Just make him bigger, and then he can fight Godzilla." And that's all it was. Guess what they're going to do again? Just make Kong bigger, and has no connection to the original movie. It's just its own thing. And there you go. And you're going to play about that? Guess what? Kong's not a real thing. He's a fictional character. Much like Godzilla, they can be as big or as small as they want them to be. As long as they're about the size of buildings and they're going to fight, that's all I care about. So, to any of you who are out there complaining about fictional facts for things that aren't set in stone, shut up. All right. There's the end of my notes. Well, I think, I think it depends. I think people can complain after they find out how it's written in the story. If it's not addressed at all, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. If they make some sort of weird plot thing with it, maybe they may have some traction with it. But I, I like to call it the uh, uh, third-party test, mm -hmm. where I ask a friend who knows about the characters and universes but doesn't have truly a vested interest. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, okay, you know how in the new Godzilla... He's like 350 feet tall. He's like, oh, yeah, no, he was huge. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but then King Kong in like Peter Jackson's type of world was like 25 something, 30 feet. He's like, oh, yeah, no, he was, he was small. And I go, what would you think the sizes would be or the story behind it for Godzilla versus King Kong? My friend was like, I mean, I don't know, like the Kong that we saw with Peter Jackson could be just like, and he basically came up with all. Even if they're stretchable, plausible excuses. It's like, maybe in this version it's Daddy Kong mm -hmm. or Grandfather. Or maybe this one isn't grown yet. Or maybe, you know, if it does take place in Japan or whatever, Russia, whatever country, there could be, like, radioactive crap. I mean, he goes, it seemed dumber, <laughs> you know, in movies. So, I mean, you can make the other one larger if your whole, you know, the whole fandom issue is got King Kong size versus Godzilla size. Mm -hmm. He goes, or, you know, you can always shrink it. I mean, there's like a son of Godzilla, maybe that one's smaller. But basically everything was like, 
make sensible. And so he was like, you know, in the end, nothing could be as dumb as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where, you know, Splinter learns martial arts from a book because that (laughs) was dumb. So, you know, he was like, I mean, you can't, you can't go past that stupidity. And I was like, yeah, I guess I could see that. So he was like, you know, and in the end, you can't really judge till you know how it's written Mm -hmm. in the, in the movie. So, I mean, I get their concern, but I don't think it's necessary to overthink it and provide nerd rage quite yet. Yes. Thank you. Also, you're like five years away. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of far, I think. Yeah, some people are like, "Oh, they'll probably won't even see the light of day." I'm like, "No, I guarantee they'll see the light of day, even if there's a regime change. If as long as Kong makes money, it'll see the light of day because Godzilla made enough money. They know Godzilla Two will make money because now it's got like that built-in audience that they, they want. And then putting them together is like a no-brainer because by then they'll be on Justice League Two. So as everyone says, well, it's like, oh, the superhero thing might be done. I'm like, no, no, no. Look, the superhero thing isn't really going away." anytime soon in the foreseeable future. So don't get your hopes up on that. And also, we live in an age now where studios are like, well, better go with the devil you know than the devil you don't know. So they're more willing to take a chance on throwing money into something that already has a pre-existing audience because they don't have to do half that work than, you know, scrapping it and come up with something new and original, which I've always argued. It's like, nothing really original left. Everything is just a variation of the same, like, 36 stories out there. So... Kind of get off that high horse. As long as it's not just a blatant ripoff of something, I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I'm ecstatic that there's going to be a new Kong versus Godzilla movie, or Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, I wa- I've been dying to see a, a, an updated remake of sorts. Uh, and when I see, I'm saying remake loosely. Just another Kong and Godzilla movie fighting, and... Whatever weird, wacky monsters they introduce, and I wouldn't even doubt that they sneak in like a Toho monster too into the Kong movie, it, especially due to the, the whole shared universe thing. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that comes up. And then, you know, if they're doing, if Skull Island's going the way I'm, way I'm thinking it's going, there's gonna be a ton of monsters in this. It's gonna be King Kong beating the crap out of giant, you know, not so quite dinosaurs that are dinosaurs. So my my dream would be him to see like a giant mutated uh, spinosaur. That'd be an awesome fight. But I digress. Uh, yeah, it's it'll be bad. It'll be a bash. It's just a matter of who the heck they're gonna get to direct it. Because um, I don't see Gareth Edwards hanging out to direct that. Because he'll have fat Star Wars money and he's contractually obligated for two more Godzilla movies. I see him doing one more and then be like, can I just? go do more Star Wars or I have a check here. They People will write me whatever they want to do because I made Disney a crap ton of money and I made you guys a crap ton of money. I kind of want to do my own thing. See Edward's doing that and then they got to find someone for Kong versus Godzilla and it, it, again, it's five years away. We probably won't know who will make it until about 2018. So that's still th- three years away till we find out that. So let's put a pin in that cap. But I more than guarantee you it's going to happen. So, as long as Marvel's going to keep making movies until 2020, a Kong Godzilla crossover film is more than like more than definitely going to happen. Unlike Pacific Rim 2, which after the um, dismal box office of um, Crimson Peak this weekend, it seems starting to seem less likely. So, yeah. 
You know, here's the oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Here's the interesting, Jessica. We haven't heard anything about the animated series at all. If that was even a yeah. No, we did that. not. We did not hear much about it at all. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, we know the Universal put the the the, the heels on the movie. But we don't know what the heck happened with the animated series. If it's still being made somewhere or not. So, I mean, I'm hoping against hope that that actually might go through and we still get something Pacific Rim-ish. I mean, like, it's, it looks like that uh, Legendary is still big on it, like that there's potential here. And I know, there's fans out there for it. It's just a matter of finding a way to kind of give us something that's moving that's not a comic book. So, hopefully the animated series still comes through. So. Yeah, I, I, I hope it will. I really do. You know, at least that'll be a little bit to kind of tie us over for any hopes of anything. Yeah. So, all right. In the meantime, Jessica, we got some yeah. stuff coming up. Yes, yes, we do. We do. We have some exciting news. Mm -hmm. So, Stanley's Kamikaze from this recording is T-minus two weeks away? Uh -huh. Yep, it is Halloween weekend, you guys, here at the Los Angeles Convention Center. So, if you're in the greater L.A. area, or if you're, you know, up north in the San Francisco area, or you're out in Vegas or something, come on out. You know why? Because this is a show about the size of WonderCon. It's a good, full-size show. A lot of people show up. Stan's going to be there. Elvira's going to be there. Lots of guests. And Jessica and I will be there as well. And uh, yep. we're both doing a few things. So, Jessica, why don't you tell people what you're doing first? Oh, I will be doing several panels. Mm -hmm. um, I will be doing at 6 p.m. on Friday, mm -hmm. Battle of the Batmans, which Dark Knight is the best. Which I originally was supposed to be on there with you, but unfortunately timing threw me out of there. Yes. He's actually, Chris will actually be at an awesome one called Marvel. I believe it's Marvel Oddities or Almost Marvel. Not quite Marvel. Where. Yes. Not quite Marvel, mm -hmm. um, and so, and I'm sure I will. I will have you talk more about that because I've always found that stuff. I mean, Indian Superman, uh, Indian Spider-Man is fascinating, mm -hmm. uh, and so that is basically. I narrowed down. Oh, there's so many versions of Batman, <laughs> but uh, I narrowed down to the ones I felt were most popular and most represented through all mediums, and each expert will become their guest panelist that will defend why their version of Batman is the best. Right. So, I mean, I call it now just because it's fresh as in memory. Mm -hmm. No one's just going to win. <laughs> just, that's just the way it is. But, yeah. you know, the other contestants are really hoping for a, hoping for a victory. And then on Saturday at 11 a.m., I have the Power Rangers Legacy panel. You're we doing have several that? guests from the show that will be there. How did you and... hear me? Hold on a second. This is the first time hearing of this. You're doing that one? Oh, yes. That's the one that I'm doing. <laughs> Whoa, okay, yeah, I didn't even know that. Okay, so go ahead, Ex continue, because this is the first I'm hearing of it. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, no, I'm doing a Power Rangers one, mm -hmm. and so we have many, many really awesome guests, because there's the current one is Dino Charge, mm -hmm. I believe, if I'm getting it right. This is, like, after 1 a.m. as we're recording this podcast, and my brain is fuzzy. Like always. But, you know, there's been so many, so many teams, mm -hmm. and it's a show that some people might think is a child's show. Uh, my, at least my mother did. But you know what? It survived this long with so many reiterations and, you know, reincarnations of, not reincarnations, but, you know, versions of the characters. So, and it's really awesome. Like, I have friends who are, like, we're full-on adults and we're still talking about, like, several of the latest episodes. So, it's very excited. 
I will have Scott Zillner, who is the founder and owner of Power Morphing Con. So the one that comes to the Pasadena Convention Center every two years, he's going to be a guest along with several actors that will be on the guest. Um, I don't have all their names memorized at the moment. So as soon as I find that email, then we can put that out. Uh, And then that's at 11 a.m. And then at 5, this is the one that Chris and I will be on. Hold on, let's save that for last. Let's save that one oh, we'll save that one for last. Yeah. Okay, before I forget, 4 p.m., I am also moderating California like independent creators for comics. Mm-hmm. And then I believe I am also a guest on one of yours on Sunday. But yes. I will actually leave that to you um, right. to do the lovely introduction. So, yeah. So, Jessica has all that going on. And then I have three panels myself going on besides the, the last one that Jessica and I will talk about in a minute. So, Friday at from 5 to 5 to 6... You can come out and listen to me wax poetic about old school cartoons in a panel called Hey, I Remember That. And I'm just talking about cartoons from the 80s and 90s that were awesome that really didn't click with mainstream audiences that like Teenage Mutant Turtles and Thundercats and Transformers did. So I'm not sitting there going on about like that stuff. I'm sitting there going on about stuff like Exo Squad, uh, Dino Saucers, Dino Riders. Dino, which oh my god I forget, even forget never mind we I gotta end I gotta end the show on that one real quick Jessica remind me to come back to Dino Riders all right oh no problem I was gonna say Samurai Pizza Cat Samurai but Pizza Cat but also I have I have found the email so I do not leave anyone out for the Power Rangers panel yes who are we gonna Steve have Steve Cardenas <gasps> uh, Steve Cardenas Blake Foster mm-hmm. uh, Nakia Baris I'm so sorry if I butchered your name uh, Danny Slavin uh, Christopher Kamen Lee uh, and other special guests that will be there. Ooh. So that's just a little bit of the people that will be there. That's a solid panel. Very solid panel. So, um, so yeah, so go to that one. That's that's what, Saturday morning? Yes, at 11 a.m. Right. So be there real early to pick up your tickets, yeah. or just get there Friday and hope that you can pick it up for Saturday yeah. if you don't have a weekend pass, because the lines are always really, really epically long. Yeah, getting in there is pain in the butt. Once you're in there, it's awesome. So, yeah, I got that one. Uh, we're going to be talking about awesome cartoons. Um, and then right after that, I have to saunter over to another room where I will be doing a panel called Not Quite Marvel. I will be joined by uh, our uh, ongoing, our, 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 fifth, uh, our fifth Beatle of the show, Mark Hadamia, will be with us. And then uh, Paula from the Tokusatsu Network has agreed to come on, too, because... We're going to be talking about all kinds of wacky things yeah, that Marvel that were made out of from Marvel, it, there, you know, before Marvel Studios ever existed. So uh, we're going to be talking about the really, really uh, hokey Captain America film from the '70s, where Cap was running around like Evil Knievel on a bike. Um, if I can find it, I got a copy of it laying around here somewhere. I'm going to kind of bring in clips from the Doc Strange made-for-TV film from the uh, I think early '80s. And then we're capping off the, the, the panel with two of the greatest things that ever had Marvel's name taken from it. We're going to talk about the uh, Toei Spider-Man series, the Spider-Man, as they call it. So, uh, yeah, strapping for that. And then we're going to finish it off with a look at the Turkish film from the 80s called Three Dev Adam, which was the greatest ripoff of all time, where Spider-Man is an international criminal and has to be brought down by Captain America and El Santo. 
that, that is the pl- plot of the film. I am not making this up. It is the greatest thing you'll ever see. There's a whole. I mean, there's books written on Turkish cinema from the 70s because they did not care who they stole from. They have versions of everything, and they were glorious at ripping things off. So, this is one of those films. It's like it's not even so bad. It's good. It's so out there that it's awesome. So we will be talking about that on Friday at 6 to 7. So that, Unfortunately, I was originally supposed to be part of Jessica's Batman panel, which was going to be Saturday afternoon originally. And then, uh, they, yeah. Yeah, then they're like, oh, we're moving it to Friday at this time. Like, oh, that's right against this. So I can't be there to defend the Scott Snyder Batman like I wanted to. So Sunday, though, Jessica and I will be teaming up for another panel where we're just going to sit down and talk about how awesome dinosaurs are. And it's called Dino Culture. Um, that's at 3 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, I'm just we're just going to rap about how awesome dinosaurs are. That's it. Dinosaurs in movies, dinosaur toys, dinosaur everything, dinosaur-flavored ice cream. I think uh, Don F. Glutz will also be joining he us. He will. Notable, noted dinosaur experts. So... Uh, if you don't know who that man is, go look him up. He is awesome. So it'll be we're gonna sit down and whack poetic about dinosaurs with this guy. It's gonna be great. Then finally, the big one on Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. Um, in lieu of doing our normal live podcasts, we had to put that aside because we got this going on, and I am exceptionally excited about this. Jessica, please tell the good people what's going on. Yes, we have a spotlight on the director for Godzilla Final Wars, uh, Ryuzue Kitamura. Mm -hmm. I am so sorry about your first name, but I always call him Mr. Kitamura, Mm -hmm. both out of respect and the best pronunciation Mm -hmm. uh, for myself. But I'm very, 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 very excited. So it's going to be like a whole hour of like an in-depth Q&A, basically just talking about, you know, his history, how he got into film, uh, the different movies that he made, his creative process, the projects that he's done, mm-hmm. and of course, obviously, Godzilla, if it's pertaining more of this podcast. But overall, like Lupin the Third versus Midnight Meat Train, things that Chris loves, but also his upcoming vessel, yes. which was announced on Variety, mm-hmm. which starts, it's, you know, regarding kind of the supernatural history behind the things that happened on the Queen Mary, which is out here in uh, Los Angeles, California, Long Beach, California, yeah. excuse me. And I believe if everything goes well, he should start shooting that this January of 2016. Oh, so yeah. we're going to have him on there, and we're just going to pretty much talk about everything and anything. And, of course, fans can ask questions at the end and everything. And I do believe um, as soon as it comes up, I'm, I'll tell Chris, and Chris is going to link it to here. There's also a... Uh, hopefully will be confirmed a two-hour autograph session with him from 2 to 4 p.m. on Saturday, October 31st, Halloween day. Mm-hmm. So, yes, very, 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 very excited. Oh, I, you have no idea how excited. This This is, for me, the equivalent of, like, sitting down with, like, Scorsese or something like that. I Look, I know a lot of people love to take a dump on Final Wars, and I have defended that movie justly and I will continue to defend that film not just because I love Kitamura's films because I legitimately love Final Wars and yes it has its kind of goofier moments but I don't hate it the re- the same way everyone else seems to hate it in, in the fan circles because they wanted one thing they got another thing and 
they much like Signs, where nobody got the ending. I don't think anybody really got what Kitamura was going for with Final Wars. It just like it's like he just ripped off a bunch of stuff. You have no idea. I'm going to actually dedicate one whole episode one day to sit down and explain why nobody gets Final Wars and how awesome it is. So, uh, besides that, no. But Versus is one of my all-time favorite films. I I fell in love with that film in high school when I was like in my massive like film nerd phase, and that that movie to me is just it's poetry. It is it's like a Japanese Evil Dead, but with just far more violence and awesomeness in it. So it is it's something that's on rotation in my house like every three months. I, I sit down and watch that film. I absolutely love Versus. So um, yeah, we're gonna be sitting down talking to Mr. Kitamura about all kinds of crazy crap. Um, I'm going to try to record the uh, the panel at least uh, video wise. So. For those who can't make it, uh, hopefully we can have something to show you guys afterwards. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that. But if you can, if you will be there, it is 5 o'clock. Head on down. I'll have everything in the show notes. And then, yeah, if you want to come and talk to Mr. Kutumura before that, he's going to be hanging out, sign, you know, signing autographs, pressing the flesh as they will. And, uh, yeah, come, and then come up and say hi to Jessica and I. You know, if you listen to the show, we'd love to, you know, rap, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, oh yes, fans, yes. So. Come say hi to us, and also come say hi to a lot of the the person who kind of made this happen was uh, Kasuki. Mm, his, he his, is one of the people that works with uh, Kitamura, yes, Mr. His, Kitamura, his, and he has been a lot of our main contact. Oh yes, his, for his, a lot of everything. So he really helps check his schedule. Mm. You know, see how things are doing, send the bios, the headshots of Mr. Kitamura. So. He does a lot of the work. Like, doctors are very important, but nurses are also essential. Yes. So, you know, he's one of the people that works with Kinemura, and he's great. Yes. So, because he's wonderful. He's proud and powerful assistant. He's, he's good people. So, yeah, so we got all that going on. Uh, real quick, speaking of dinosaurs, I almost forgot to mention, Jessica, they're making... So it's like, I, every once in a while, I question whether or not there is a true and just God in this universe with all the stuff that goes on in the world, you know, all the sadness and everything. And then I wake up mornings, like the other day, to find out that perhaps someone is out there listening. Because they're going to make a freaking Dino Riders movie. I know! I know! I knew you were going to bring that up. I have been screaming oh, since I was... Dinosaur fell! I have been I mean. Since I was five years old. You have no idea. Look, those these things permeated my brain before Godzilla ever did. Because tiny little Chris was obsessed with dinosaurs. I still love dinosaurs today, but my from the age of like one and a half to like six before giant monsters really took that over, it was dinosaurs. I love everything dinosaurs. I will watch anything with dinosaurs. A child in the eighties, you throw a cartoon about two warring alien races that crash land in, on prehistoric Earth. They don't have anything but dinosaurs to war with. So what do they do? They get on them, and they strap freaking lasers to them, and then they just go at it. My mind blew up like an atomic bomb. Like, I was obsessed. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. I woke up, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to check my phone. I'm kind of groggy. One bloodshot eye. I gotta go to work in an hour. Ugh, this day's gonna suck. First thing that pops up in my feed, hey, they're gonna make a Dino Riders movie. I didn't need coffee. I didn't need caffeine. I was 
just elated. Like the the five year old in me like bursted out of my chest like from alien. It was dancing around. You have no idea how happy I was the fact that someone has finally listened to the words I've been screaming to the heavens. Like, yeah, we can make a movie about strapping lasers to the back of dinosaurs and have them going to war with each other. Has to do with the good fact that the, the little film called Jurassic World made a ton of money. I've said I've said it before, and I will say it again. If you can make a proper proper Dino Riders movie where it's not completely tongue-in-cheek, where it's just it's a straightforward adventure action film, and people are fighting on the backs of dinosaurs with lasers and missiles, it will make more money than anything else has ever been made. I promise you. Because everyone loved the end of Jurassic World. Have that for an hour and a half and add missiles and guns and lasers to it. You will not stop the onslaught of children wanting to eat these things up. It's a wonderful Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, like I knew, I knew how excited you would be. Because I reposted it, I think you liked it. Oh god, I can't wait. Oh, I, it's so much, Jessica. It's just, it's, it's a new renaissance we're living. in. It's a brave future we live in. Oh, it's great. Ultraman's, Ultraman's running strong. We got two, two Godzilla movies. We got a ga- possible new Gamera film. We got a King Kong movie. It's a kaiju renaissance. It's a second renaissance, a neon renaissance, if you will. It is a great time to be alive. So, it's the best time to be a nerd. It is. You know, I mean, I, I got to see a tiny hero on the, on the flying ant. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, Ant-Man. Um, anybody who craps on that film, I told them, most likely they're not a fan of Marvel. I mean, they're, they weren't reading Marvel comics growing up. They do like Marvel. Anyone who crapped on it, I was like, look, man, I waited my whole life to see a tiny man in a suit mm-hmm. flying on an ant. You go Granted, to- it wasn't Hank Pym. Yeah. It was Scott Lang. That's okay. It's fine. Stand but man. still... That was awesome. You you asked them, how does it feel to have no soul and a black heart? Because that's what you have <laughs> for not liking Ant-Man. I loved Ant-Man. I saw it many times. I took my father to see it. We walked down like, did you ever see the day? Did you, ever, did you ever think you would see the day when you would see an Ant-Man movie? He's like, son, I never thought I would see a proper Captain America movie. Not only do I have that, I have a freaking Ant-Man movie. It is, I, it's, it's a brave and bold future we live in, so... Yes, it is a good time to be alive, and it's a great time to be a freaking nerd. So, on that note, we're running long. Jessica, where can the good people find more of your work? You can find me. You can obviously find me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And my uh, um, first name, mm-hmm. uh, last name T-S-E-A-N-G. Always send me a inbox message. And then you Facebook friend me just so you know. We don't want the random troller people out there. Yeah. But um, definitely, yeah. I am so excited. I would love to accept your Facebook friend request. Mm-hmm. All kaiju lovers are, we should be friends. Yeah. And I'm also on thecomicbookgirl.com, girlongeek.com, and littlegeekgirls.com. So I am it? very, very excited. Come to realize all of them have the word <laughs> girl in it. Yeah. There will be sites in the future where there is no word uh, girl in it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it, but to just spread out diversity. Exactly. Uh, you can find more of my work over at uh, com, where I'm posting all the time. Uh, you, any of the sidebar news you heard, I've posted over there. I also host several podcasts. 
the Take Two podcast with my good buddy George Cordero. We're talking about all the news in the week. Uh, the rundown for The Flash. Since the CW's Flash has started, we are back doing the rundown again. So you can check that out. The Arrow will be starting pretty soon. Um, I will be joining my buddy Sergio to finish up uh, Daredevil. And then hopefully, if Jessica can work away in, hopefully we might be doing one for Jessica Jones. So, here's hoping. It's a matter of uh, matter of availability. So, uh, stay tuned. You know, just head on over there for that. And on that note, Jessica, where can the people find more of our work here for the Kaiju Kingdom podcast? We are obviously on iTunes. Please tell everybody. We are also on Facebook and Tumblr as the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast.com, including our Gmail address. Only Twitter is where it's different. Our handle is the Kaiju Kingdom. All right. And uh, to the contest winners, I've contacted you guys. I am way behind. Uh, unfortunately, I had some personal things going on. Your stuff is getting out, so I do apologize. But, um, yeah, you should be getting your awesome stuff soon. And then uh, hope, I think uh, Halloween weekend I might run something new. I got a lot of stuff here to be given away. And uh, I'm going to be doing more of that in the near future. I got a lot of lot of comic books here that uh, the the great Chris Mowry has signed. So I'm going to be giving more of those away pretty soon. Some other things. So uh, do stay uh, stick around for that. So on that note, that will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. For myself and Jessica. Thanks for listening.